0: Snap snap snappy cicada pizza We make our pizza with our authentic crunchy breed Ooh Ooh. Ooh. Snappy cicada pizza Hand strip the wings ditching the parts we don't need ooh, 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 snappy
1: cicada pizza we choose the freshest cicadas in town when we run out we pull more from the ground ooh. snap
0: snap snappy cicada pizza treat Well, hello and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim, and emerge on this planet, one animal at a time. My name is Paul. I am not an animal expert.
2: Uh, I am Donna, and I am also not an animal expert. Today we are going to talk about... Chirpa chirpa chirpa! The cicadas! Doo-doo. They're coming. Very timely. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's happening now. Right now.
0: <laughs> I think it is, actually. Mm-hmm. By the time this episode goes out, it will be happening. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, the news is first. It's kind of awkward. <laughs> well, the- this is Varmin's Headline News with your anchorman, some guy named Paul. It was awkward. I'm going to just leave it like that. <laughs> the reason we're doing this show is because of Brood 10. Uh, that is the name of it. Uh, I We were talking about it before the show, and we are just going to call them Brood X because that sounds a lot more badass. It does. <laughs>
2: it, should, it actually means 10, right?
0: Yeah, right? it's the Roman numeral.
2: Yeah, well, the guess what? The Roman numeral is pronounced decum, not 10. So there.
0: So we're going to call them brood brood decem sounds weird. I'm not going to call them brood decum.
2: No, I'm just saying if if somebody's all if if they're upset that we're not calling it brood 10, <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah. Brood the, X.
2: In Latin, the number X is called, pronounced decem, not 10. So, <laughs> meh. We can say what we want.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Brood 10 is a massive underground colony of cicadas that emerges every 17 years. And this year, 2021, is the year. We are recording this on April the 30th. Some early cicadas have emerged, but the prediction is that the majority of cicadas are going to emerge around May 11th. So a little less than a week after this episode goes out into the world. Uh, so, we had to do a show about it because it's something that's happening, and I did not want to talk about. I mean, I didn't want to miss talking about cicadas. Yeah. So, we'll talk all about Brood 10 later on and, and the emergence.
2: Brood X! Generation X has your back, Brood X. We know you're Brood X. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> right, I know it's Brood 10. Shut up.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we got it. <laughs>
0: If you happen to live in an area where these cicadas are emerging, uh, me and Donna do not, unfortunately. But if you do, scientists need your help. Um, There are all kinds of ways that you and I can be citizen scientists right from the comfort of our own home. My personal favorite way to do that is to identify wildlife on trail cameras. That's a lot of fun.
2: I like doing that.
0: You can also go to citizenscience.gov and look for projects that you can participate in. Yes. And I just went there today, and there were 488 different projects that you could participate in uh, about all sorts of different things. Right. But this year, if you live where there are going to be cicadas emerging and you want to help with cicada research, there's a free smartphone app called Cicada Safari. And basically, you just take a picture of a cicada, you upload it, and the app will automatically capture the time, date, and geographical coordinates of your cicada and it helps people who study cicadas yeah there's also a website called cicadasafari.org which has a lot of fun activities on it so we'll put a link to all of those things so that you can help science do science things
2: yeah i'm looking at the map here and it looks like we have we have a 17 year cicada in colorado but it's brewed four okay so ours was in 2015. So it's, we've got a few years left before we get the next one. But you have zero. We, we have, have zero No cicadas. 17-year-old. No, no 17-year-old gracious.
0: <laughs> we have 17-year-old cicadas.
2: That's right. No, they 17-year bu- emergence cicadas. They- you don't have any. But we do. We have some.
0: They buzz around. <laughs> they do. They <laughs> buzz around with their little headphones on. They look at you and go, whatever.
2: Whatever, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they don't say dude anymore, huh?
0: 17-year-olds? Well, I think 17-year-olds say dude? say dude. I think so.
2: Do they? Because I feel like it dates me as like extremely old, which I'm not denying I am. I just I feel like they, they go, gosh, you can tell she's old because she says dude all the time.
0: If you are 17 years old or you have a 17-year-old, uh, please let us know what if they say dude or not.
2: They probably don't. They probably say something different. Like, he's a... He's a pickle. Yeah. Or something.
0: We, we yeah. don't know. We're old and we don't speak the, the hippity hop language that the kids speak today.
2: <laughs> the hippity hop language? Sure. I
0: don't know. Okay.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> These kids with their memes and their dubstep and their hippity hop language.
2: Yeah. Hippity hop. I don't man.
0: understand them. Get off my lawn.
2: It's not our job to understand them. I just was curious if they yeah. still said dude or not. I have no idea. Uh, But yeah, we only have Brood 4. You know, what would be really cool is if our minions would report reporting from the ground. If they could get onto the discussion board and talk about their Brood X, their Brood 10 experiences while it's going on. That would be awesome.
0: That would be great. Yeah. Share pictures with us and stuff. Also share pictures with uh, Cicada Safari, but also share pictures with with us because we want to see them.
2: Show us your cicada situation. We want to know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here's a reminder, everybody. Go to varmints.podbean.com for links to our audio and our show notes for today's episode. We're also on Twitter and on Instagram at at varmintspodcast, all one word, and at varmintspodcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestions. We have a Pinterest board that's run by one of our wonderful Varminians. And you can go to pinterest and put varmints in the search engine and look at our awesome boards if you want some varmints merchandise go over to redbubble do the same thing put varmints in the search engine and you will find all of our merchandise get a coffee cup or something it'll be awesome if you like the show why not tell a friend about us and introduce them to our podcast Wherever everywhere podcasts are found and word of mouth is the best way to help us grow so do it (laughs) now let's go and talk about Cicadas!
0: Have you ever wondered about animals? What do they look like? Where do they live? Why are some of their legs also hands? Well, we have. So it's time to learn about animals. So we are learning about cicadas today. Cicadas are insects in the order Hemeptera, which includes aphids, leafhoppers, and bedbugs. Hmm. Mm. All of the insects in that order have something in common. They have a common arrangement of sucking mouth parts, which I wanted to say out loud. <laughs> <laughs> there are more than 3,000 known species of cicadas, and they can be found all around the world. To me, they are a really beautiful insect. I saw many, many species with bright red and green coloration. The periodical cicadas that we get here in the northern hemisphere have these bright, bright, bright red eyes. And they're really, really cool-looking bugs. Yeah, Fairly large. I couldn't find which exact species was the biggest or the smallest, but they range in size from anywhere from 1 to 2 inches or 2 to 5 centimeters. Again, lots of species, lots of different shapes and sizes and colors. Another thing they have in common is their noise, their sound. Uh, Donna's going to talk a little bit more about how loud these insects are a little bit later on, but that's what they're known for. They make a bunch of racket.
2: They make a lot of noise.
0: Cicadas have been around for a pretty long time. Most fossilized cicadas are around 70 million years old, give or take a million. Male and female cicadas are just called male and female cicadas. Young cicadas hatch out of eggs and become nymphs, which burrow into the ground and they stay there until they are adults. We get the word cicada from Latin, but it's not a native Latin word. Cicada may have been a loan word from a Mediterranean substrate language. I didn't know what a substrate language was, but turns out a substrate language is an indigenous language that contributes to the language of an invading people who have imposed their language on the indigenous people. So as an example, like Native American languages form a substrate to American English. So we use a lot of Native American words in our everyday English. So cicada just winds up meaning cicada. And sometimes they're called tree crickets.
2: Tree crickets. Yep. This is really interesting. Cicada wings can repel water and bacteria. Neat, huh? Hmm. So some cicadas have naturally antibiotic wings, according to research published in 2013. What happens is that the wings kill the bacteria on contact because they have a layer of itty-bitty little spikes and a chemical coating. And it doesn't work on all bacteria, but it works on those whose cell walls are soft enough to kind of slump between the spikes. And that stretches the cell membranes out until they burst. And so... Scientists are interested in this because it's a way to passively destroy unwanted microbes without resorting to chemicals, right? Sure. And that way you don't get uh, antibiotic-resistant bacteria. And the same coating of nanoscale spikes that that have on the wings, they also keep them dry by repelling the water and the structures are kind of hard to replicate, but last year a team of researchers managed to make copies of the cicada wing's surface using nail polish and a technique called nanoimprinting lithography. So the advance might someday end up making, like, brand-new raincoats. Pretty
0: cool, huh? Very cool.
2: Antibiotic wings! <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, I wonder why they evolved that. I wonder what, ad- what, what advantage that gives them, because they spend a lot of their lives just under, underground, under the dirt.
2: How they developed the evolutionary advantage, I do not know, but I would imagine that it's just all the ones that had wings that were not particularly bacterial-resistant died, and the ones that survived were the ones that had this resistance. Mm, that's... It had to be that bacteria was at some point a problem and a pressure on them in their evolution and the ones that uh, didn't, didn't have the right wing structures perished and those who didn't lived. And that's how evolution works. That's how it works. They went on to make babies whose babies went on to make babies that had this strong bacterial (laughs) resistant trait and Bob's your uncle. That's how it works. (laughs) Evolution. Pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah.
0: Cicadas get eaten a lot.
2: Are they the peel-and-eat shrimp of the
0: (laughs) I was going to say, they're like the checkspicks of the animal kingdom.
2: (laughs) Nom, 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 nom.
0: (laughs) And so they have developed some handy little anti-predator adaptations. One of these is camouflage. So tree bark is a pretty popular camouflage for a cicada. So some of them will not... Well, they'll have the coloration of the tree bark, but they'll also have disruptive coloration. And what that does is it breaks up their outline, so they really, really blend in to the tree bark. Uh, I didn't realize like that modern military equipment did that. I thought it was just the color of the surroundings, but it also it uses that disruptive coloration, so you can't you can't get the outline of the uh, whatever it is, tank or person or soldier or right whatever.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Some cicadas display bright, dematic flash coloration on their hind wings when they are threatened. So imagine that you're a predator, you're sneaking up on this big, juicy cicada, and it flashes these big, bright spots at you. You might get startled or distracted and go, ah, and that gives the cicada time to to fly away. Okay. Like many animals, some cicadas are brightly colored, which tells predators, hey, I'm poisonous, and if you eat me, you'll get sick. Right. This was the most interesting anti-predator adaptation. It's called Predator Satiation. Hmm. And that's when the cicada emerges in just tremendous, overwhelming numbers.
2: Oh, so all the predators are full. So a bunch of them are going to make it.
0: Yes. Yes. The first cicadas that emerge pretty much all get eaten. But in time, the predators are just so overwhelmed by these cicadas, that they fill themselves to the point of exhaustion. I read one of the articles. I read said that the predators are driven to frustration and disgust. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I think they just kind of lean back and unzip their pants and say it's time to put the football game on. Yeah,
0: and that gives the remaining cicadas a chance to live and breed because you just can't eat all of them.
2: Right. Yeah, that's a good strategy.
0: Man. Yeah. Another interesting thing is that lots of available prey generally stimulates predator reproduction, and that increases predator population. Hmm. By having a life cycle that is generally a prime number, either 13 years or 17 years for these periodical cicadas, that prevents predators from developing a life cycle that is a factor of that number. Uh yeah. So say, for instance, a brood of cicadas emerged every 12 years they would get wiped out by any predator species that has a two, three, four, or six-year life cycle because each emergence would be met with a predator population boom. Right. Yeah. But every 13 or 17 years means that predators are going to be like uh, me at the peel-and-eat-shrimp section of a Chinese buffet. <laughs> uh,
2: buffet time. <laughs> a little... Animals laying around going, oh, I ate too much, but I have no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> so yummy.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Amazing.
0: Cassini periodical cicadas, decim periodical cicadas, and Decula periodical <laughs> cicadas are listed by the IUCN as lower risk or near threatened. And even though no specific reason is given why all insects are under pressure from pesticides from human encroachment from climate change which is a real thing and uh, so these three species are found in north america all other species of cicadas are listed as of least concern or data deficient so cicadas are doing really really well right. and if you want to see cicadas for yourself pretty soon you can just go outside and you can you can see cicadas until you're tired of looking at cicadas
2: I bet. (laughs) If you're in the brood pen population areas, you would be seeing them very soon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we are going to talk about cicadas and pop culture and a couple other things, but we're going to do that right after. I thank you for supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash varmints. That's how you can help our show and help us to do really cool little other things besides the show. If you sign up to Patreon for any amount, as low as a dollar, you get all sorts of fun little bonus goodies, and we do appreciate it. It's patreon.com slash varmints. you. Well, this here's animal rancher and expert at large, Cotton Shorts. You know Paul and Don are just a couple of nerds like you, and they don't usually get to see animals in the wild. But so we'll talk about where they usually do get to see them, which is to say on popular culture, books, movies, television, and video games.
2: Well, well, well. We were wondering about the pop culture, and you know, sometimes the world just surprises you. (laughs) Back in 1970, that's three brood ten cycles ago, the buzzsaw-like calls inspired Bob Dylan to write the song The Day of the Locusts. He heard them while he was receiving an honorary degree from Princeton University, and that's why the lyrics go, As I stepped onto the stage to pick up my degree, and the locusts sang off in the distance. Yes, the locusts sang such a sweet melody, Oh, the locusts sang off in the distance. And the locusts sang, and they were singing for me. Well, that's very cool, Bob. And the song's pretty cool. But we're going to talk about, in a second, why this is a misapprehension. But first, let's just listen to a little Bob. Listen to Bob singing.
1: (laughs) Oh, the benches were stained tears and perspiration The buddies were flying From tree to tree There was little to say There was no conversation As I stepped to the stage To pick up my degree <laughs>
2: so it should have been the cicadas sing,
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: off in the distance.
0: <laughs> locusts uh, was just a little more—it's uh, a little more euphonious,
2: I guess. But yeah. I think he just didn't know. I think he just didn't know the fact that I'm going to tell you which is locusts are not cicadas, then cicadas are not locusts. So we hate to be the well, actually, people, but it, but it's just actually kind of interesting. So.
0: Well, actually,
2: well, actually, locusts are a type of short-horned grasshopper, and they belong to the order Orthoptera, along with all the other grasshoppers and crickets. While cicadas are Hemipterans and are considered true bugs, and they include aphids and plant hoppers. Right. This taxonomic distinction has not stopped people from calling cicadas locusts. And it's because with the, when they do this emergence behavior, it reminds them of some of the locust species behavior. But actually, they're not locusts. But it's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's still a very fun song, though.
0: Yeah, I, I thought you were going to say it's Bob Dylan's fault.
2: No. No. no, not at all. Yeah, well. But I think that Dylan should re-record it as The Cicadas Sang. <laughs> <laughs> Off in the distance. Uh yeah.
0: poor guy. He's just a musician, not an entomologist.
2: Well, I'm not going after him. It's just <laughs> something that happened with the... It's just what happened with the pop culture. That's all. Yep. I like Bob. Bob's cool, man.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah it's okay. It's <laughs> all right, Bob. It's a very cool song.
0: Well, I didn't have a specific Cicada pop culture reference, but I did want to talk about how the sounds that Cicadas make are often used in movies and TV to convey nighttime and summertime, and they are even used in sound effects for electricity and science fiction technology, which is really cool. Um, Oh, yeah. Sometime, look into, like, Foley artists that do sound effects for TV and movies. Uh Uh-huh. They... They have libraries of sounds that they can choose, but they also combine sounds in very, very unique ways to create the sound that they're trying to to go after. And a lot of times they'll use the sounds of animals and insects to create these sounds that are supposed to be something completely different, maybe some sort of technology. So the first example, like I mentioned, it's the sound of cicadas is used to sort of convey summertime and maybe a rural area. So I pulled a little bit, a little clip of Captain Marvel. And at the very beginning of the clip for the first couple of seconds, you can hear cicadas. Somebody has listened to this a number of times and determined that these are Linny's cicadas and scissor grinder cassata- cicadas. cicadas. Oh, cool. They, they've homed in on the, the specific types of cicadas. the, the Specific
2: so, ones. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: So here's that. <laughs>
1: He lied to me. Everything that I knew was a lie.
0: Now you
1: understand. What? What do I understand now? Yonrog killed Marvel. He killed her. Because she found out that she was on the wrong side of an unjust war. No. Your people are terrorists. They kill innocents. I saw the ruins on Torfa. Ruins
0: that the accusers are responsible for. Okay, so you probably heard the cicadas in the background there. Yeah. They were
2: totally on her side, by the way.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
2: (laughs) They were like, like, you tell them,
0: lady. I also mentioned that they use uh, cicada noises in science fiction, in technology and electricity. Uh So I got a couple of of, uh, examples of that. This is the cicada that is the periodical cicada. This is the one that's going to emerge everywhere. And this is just a single cicada.
2: Wow.
0: Right? Doesn't that sound sci-fi?
2: That's amazing. It does sound like a guy with a bubble helmet and a laser gun is going to come out and go, Yeah. Take us to your leader.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and here is a New Zealand cicada. Sounds like a little taser. It does. Yeah.
2: Amazing. What's the matter with you? Aren't you hungry? Aren't you going to eat that? Come on, eat. What do you think, Donna? No.
0: What if I told you? Uh,
2: It doesn't matter what you told me. I'm not eating them.
0: Hang on. Hear me out.
2: Okay. All right. Okay. Fine.
0: (laughs) Cicadas are low in fat and carbs. They're high in protein. Good for them. They're gluten-free. <laughs> if you want to eat them, they're tastiest when they come out of the ground in the morning and be- before their shell hardens. And you can use them in recipes where you would normally use shrimp or lobster. Mm. Yeah. This little resource says that you can you can pull the wings and legs off to reduce the crunchiness if you Ugh. want to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Dude. I am a very open-minded person okay <laughs> about almost everything and I reserve the right to be just in a culture that doesn't eat bugs and we're just we just don't and th- and if, if that changes that's fine but you know I'm I'm a creature of my own world I get it <laughs> I have such a hard time with the concept of eating bugs and it's just... I can't imagine it's anything other than just that I was raised that we don't eat bugs. If I was from a culture where we ate bugs and I was a little kid chomping out on bugs, I'm sure I'd have no problem with it. There's nothing wrong with eating bugs, but I cannot imagine being able to actually do it. I could never make it on one of those, you know, challenge shows where they (laughs) want you to eat a bug. I'd be like, okay, I lose. I'm going home.
0: (laughs) the, The live stream for The Cure is coming up and every year I eat bugs on that.
2: Yep, I know. But you are a very open-minded person <laughs> about bug eating. And I am. I, I, I just I can't go there. There's <laughs> just something that makes my uh, like, even thinking about it makes my mouth want to, like, ch- shut. <laughs> like, no.
0: We don't put that in here. That's not stuff to eat. Your body just automatically responds by close face holes.
2: Close face hole holes. Eat holes closed. <laughs> yes, food holes are closed. That is not in the food box. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: uh.
2: <laughs> no good, man, I'm telling you. I'm not even saying it's the right way to be. I'm just saying that's, I can't help it. It's a it's an involuntary response to the idea of eating bugs. I just can't, I can't do it. Uh. I Even knowing that they are really just, you know, like, Shrimp and lobster and stuff are just giant bugs, really. I oh, get yeah. It. But they're tasty. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't say it made sense. <laughs> I reserve the right not to make sense because I'm a human.
0: <laughs> oh, dearie me.
2: If everybody else starts making complete sense tomorrow, I'll think about it. How's okay. that?
0: Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hello, Paul and Donna. It's me, Billy Lee Campbell. Hey, oh. Billy And I'm here to ask you a question. Is your brain a repository of useless information like mine is? Yep. Well, let's help you win that next trivia night or just sound smarter than the rest of the room with the animal fact of the week. Back to you, Paul and Donna. No, he's he's seen a cicada or two in his time.
2: He has. <laughs> I wonder if they make good guitar
0: picks. Cicadas? Yeah. I don't know. They they they're they have the little uh, the little exoskeletons that they yeah they leave behind. I don't know if they're hard enough. Sure, why not?
2: I don't know. Maybe don't you should try it. We should ask him. Do you play the guitar with a dried up cicada exoskeleton <laughs> after they <laughs> leave them behind? I don't know what is wrong with my brain today. Honestly, I don't know where these ideas are coming from.
0: <laughs> if you play guitar with a dried up exoskeleton of a cicada. <laughs> Let us Send know. us an email. <laughs> at at gmail.com.
2: Honestly, I have no clue where these ideas are coming from. I think I might be inhabited by an alien force. <laughs> A cicada or
0: something. Oh. All right. Brood know. X. Brood 10. Whatever you want to call Brood 10. it.
2: 10. Yeah.
0: What were you doing back in 2004? Do you remember?
2: I don't know. I was probably doing something old because I was old even then. So. <laughs> Yeah,
0: (laughs) well, back in 2004, my kids were 10 years old and seven years old, and we just bought our first house. And and uh, yeah, that was a long time ago because they're adults now. But back then, tiny little cicada nymphs were working their way down into the ground, 18 inches below the surface. And they started feeding and growing and feeding and growing until this very year. And in some areas, there are as many as 1.5 million cicadas per acre. Wow. That's a lot.
2: Yeah, that is a lot.
0: Just hanging out underground, waiting for just the right time and temperature to emerge. Cicadas feed on the xylem, or the roots, of plants and trees. That's the part of the plant we've all been to elementary school. We know that the roots move water and nutrients toward the rest of the plant.
2: Right. Xylem and phloem. <laughs> Xylem and
0: <phleum. laughs> There are not a whole lot of nutrients in those roots that the cicada actually needs. So feeding and growing is really all they have the energy for, and they might just stay attached to that part of the plant until they emerge. So like we said, we're recording this podcast on the last day of April, and if you live in a place where there are cicadas getting ready to emerge, you've probably started to see hundreds of little chimneys on the ground. Chimneys happen when these little tunnels that the cicadas burrow down into the ground fill with rainwater. What happens is that makes the cicada crawl back up the tunnel toward the surface, and they extend that little tunnel with balls of mud, and then they go back down because it's not time to emerge yet. So to me, they look a little more like volcanoes than chimneys, but they're called chimneys. And so you'll see hundreds of these little holes in the ground, like underneath trees, underneath decks. You know, underneath, wherever there's plants, you'll see these little, these little chimneys. 64 degrees Fahrenheit. That's the magic temperature. When the soil gets to be 64 degrees Fahrenheit, that can trigger the cicadas to start emerging. Now, here's something interesting. It, because of global warming, which is a real thing, the soil is reaching that 64 degree temperature earlier and earlier in the year. Oh, dear. Yeah. So decades ago, it would be the middle or close to the end of May when the soil would be just the right temperature and the Uh, cicadas would emerge.
2: um,
0: Yeah. So now it's April 30th and the cicadas are already starting to emerge. So it's a very, very gradual process. It's not like they're going to start. It's not like they're going to emerge at the end of February, 17 years from now. But that emergence state does seem to be creeping further and further and further back. Uh Yep. So here's the big question, the million dollar question. How do they know when to come out all at once? How do they do that? I don't know. So they're not really communicating with each other in any way that we can measure or detect. They don't have little desk calendars. They aren't saying, hey, I checked my phone and on May the 12th, the weather looks like it's going to be nice. I think the soil is going to be the right temperature. Let's do it. So they're using what all of the cicadas underground have in common, and that's the roots. So as we mentioned, trees have roots that feed the tree water and nutrients. They latch onto these roots. The fluid flowing through the plant roots isn't flowing at a constant rate all year long, which I didn't know. And I, I wanted to make sure I was reading it right, and I asked our friend Vikram about this. He's Uh the host of the Planthropology podcast, which is a really great podcast about trees and plants. Yes. And he said that the rate of water uptake in a tree drops a ton during the winter and dormant periods. Essentially, if a tree doesn't have any leaves, there's almost no water movement. And there's also something called hydraulic lift. And that's where the movement of the water through the trees actually pulls the entire water table up. Oh. Yes. That's cool. Yeah. So what these cicadas are doing is they are counting the seasonal pulses of fluid flowing in the roots from which they feed. They don't keep track of time. They just count these plant cycles. So if you have a tree and below the surface of the ground, there are a thousand cicadas all feeling those pulses at about the same time. You know, they're, they're, they're all getting the information at the same time. Wow. And maybe nearby that tree, there are five other trees and they all have a 1,000 cicadas underneath them. Well, now you have 5,000 cicadas all getting the same chemical signals at nearly the same time. They're all counting at the same time. And then every 13 or 17 years, you see this huge emergence because all of these insects have been counting these cycles at the same time. Their little life cycles are synced up, and they just emerge by the millions. That's crazy. It is.
2: See, this is why nature is so interesting because all the systems that are just interlinked and embedded in each other, that all the things that have to go right to make something happen. Yeah. That's fascinating.
0: That's really cool. Yep. Now you will see stragglers and you will see cicadas that will emerge at either one year or four years, earlier or later than their scheduled mass emergence. So in a year from now, there may be some cicadas that emerge from Brood Hmm. 10. Or in four years from now, there may be some Brood 10 cicadas that wind up emerging just really, really late. If you get enough of these stragglers and they reproduce, you might get a whole new brood.
2: Oh, that's how the broods get separated. Yes. Oh, how cool.
0: So Brood 9 emerged last year. And the largest brood is not Brood 10. It's Brood 19. Hmm. They emerge every 13 years. And 2024 is the next time we're going to see them. So you don't have to wait another 17 years to see a a, brood, a big brood emergence. And at the same time brood 19 is emerging, brood 13 will also be emerging. They're a 17-year cicada. But this year, they just happened to, or in 2024, they will have synced up. So they'll be emerging at the same time. So we're in 2024, there is going to be a massive emergence of cicadas. There's
2: going to be a ton of them. Not here, though ours is brewed for.
0: No, but you'll you'll almost certainly hear about it in the news. So yep. 2024.
2: You're not going to have any.
0: Nope, I'm not. Unfortunately. <laughs> Just watch it on the news and wish. Yep.
2: <laughs> well, I think a lot of humans find it pretty annoying, but it doesn't last that long. So.
0: Just a know. few weeks. I think the life cycle of a of a uh, cicada is. When they're above ground, I think they only last a couple of weeks, two to four weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm sure it's pretty annoying to have, like, the, all of the world covered in bugs. That can be a little unsettling, I imagine. But it's not, not like they bite or anything.
0: So. No, they don't bite. They don't sting. They're yeah. just, they're just, there's just a lot of them. Just and a lot of them. And they're loud. Yeah. God, they're loud.
2: They are super loud. I do feel sorry for people because of that, because of how loud they are.
0: Oh, man. I'm sure,
2: I'm sure it's a little bit, but you know, it's only every 17 years and, you know, you're seeing an incredible event of nature.
0: That's right.
2: Which I would put in earplugs and go, I'm seeing an incredible event of nature! <laughs> this is the best!
0: <laughs> I would love to experience that.
2: Yep, I, I, it'll be some time before the next one happens here, but, you know... If, if we're still doing a show at that time, maybe we'll talk about it. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of how loud they are, did you know that they are louder than a lawnmower?
0: Gosh, that's crazy.
2: I know, right? Yes, they are a full-scale cicada emergence can reach a deafening crescendo because millions of males are all calling for mates at the same time, and it can reach roughly 100 decibels, which is just shy of standing like three feet from a chainsaw.
0: Oh, my goodness. I know, right? (laughs) How do you even, how do you function? Like, when there's a lawnmower outside my window and I'm recording something, I have to stop and wait for that lawnmower to be done.
2: Yep. Yep. I know. (laughs) Crazy. Wow. So what happens is male cicadas rapidly vibrate a pair of white little ribbed membranes that are called timballs that sit on the either side of their abdomen. So they don't expend a whole lot of ex- effort to do this. Um, it just they just shake their little timbals and <laughs> off they go. <laughs> and it sounds bananas loud, like crazy loud. We don't have any way. To show on the on the episode how loud it is without hurting your ears, so, but it is yeah, it's louder. It's louder than standing next to a lawnmower. <laughs> That's crazy. That and is. for hours and hours and hours and like days at a time, while the while the while this the whole naturey thing is working itself out. There you go. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Pretty crazy. Two tiny little organs do that. Itty bitty tiny little organs. Just yeah,
0: crazy. It's- It's a billion of these guys doing this all at once.
2: Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: Crazy. I actually pulled a little clip off of YouTube of what that sounds like when there's a million cicadas just going off. Yep.
1: Just listen to that sound. There must be a million cicadas living in our trees. They're flying everywhere. I don't know if you can see it or not, but that sound is so loud
0: and so annoying, <laughs> and it's been going nonstop 24 hours yep. for over a week now, and it'll probably continue for another two to three weeks. Yeah, he, he, he's just barely talking over those things.
2: Yep. That is amazing. amazing. Yeah, it's definitely earplug time if you're living in cicada territory. is <laughs> <laughs> it <Isn't> nature cool? <laughs> it really is. Ah, I hope you can hear me over the nature. <laughs> <laughs> ah, very cool. What a cool animal, man.
0: They really are. Yeah. They really, really are. I didn't think we would have enough to do a full episode on one, but... There you go. I'm I'm usually wrong when I when I assume that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the world is full of nerds who like to do research. So. Yes. Yep.
0: Thanks everybody for listening today. This podcast was brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo, Bed Music by Kevin McLeod. Our logo was created by the wonderful and intelligent Imran Javed. Our vocal talent today was Carrie McGinnis, Chris Green, Curtis Craddock, and Jennifer Chomo.
2: Yay! It's time for the Rugrat Corner. If you have a Rugrat eight years of age or younger who wants to be on our podcast, send us a message on Facebook or email us at varmanspodcast at gmail.com for details. We make it very easy for you and your Rugrat to hear their voice on the podcast. And uh, who do we have this week?
0: Today we have Saxton. Saxton has something to say about cicadas.
1: Groove. What I'm going to be telling you about is a cicada. All right. And the sound they make is... (laughs) (laughs) They hibernate underground. Yep. And they They hibernate to like 10 to 5 years probably. And they eat tree sap. Sure. And they defend themselves sometimes by peeing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <What>? <laughs> okay. And they live in forests underground. They have red eyes. Yep. And yeah. And wings. And sometimes they're black. Okay.
2: Would you ever try eating a
1: cicada? You can eat cicadas, and they might be yummy if you actually try.
0: Are you getting one? Oh, that silence is deafening. <laughs> you say bye.
1: Bye. He, bye.
0: They, cicadas might be good if you try them, but I don't think he's up for it.
2: <laughs> it doesn't sound like the little kid is too into the idea. Just saying. They're like, can I have some of that broccoli instead? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh sexton thank you so much that was awesome
2: that was the best thank
0: you very much sexton's aunt is responsible for that audio her ah. name's abby and she's the host of the field lab earth podcast which is a podcast that is all about agriculture and i like it a whole lot Woo-hoo. abby is good people sweet thanks abby thanks abby thanks everybody again for listening and until next time
2: be nice to animals I can't hear you over the nature, Paul. (laughs) What? I can't hear you over the nature! (laughs) Say again? I can't hear you over the nature.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I need earplugs.
0: (laughs) Ouch. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at podfix on Twitter, official underscore podfix on Instagram, at podfixnetwork on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.